You're listening to the RUV English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is slash English. Welcome to the Roof English Podcast. My name's Darren Adam. Thanks very much, as ever, for your company on this bank holiday Monday. But we start with a confession. We're having this conversation on Friday because, obviously, on Monday, a very big and uh, important holiday takes place when people generally aren't at work. And that will include myself and my guest today, my colleague here at Roof, Heukar Holm, who will... What will you be doing when this goes out then on, on May Day? Uh, I'll probably be at home because I, I have had the day off. Uh, and that's just the way that uh, the system is here. Mm. I'm not having a day off because it's Labor Day, but uh, yes. I just have a day off. It just happens to be Labor Day. So We've discussed in the last couple of weeks that there are lots of holidays at this time of year. First day of summer most recently, May Day on the 1st, but another two, I think, coming up in May as well. And maybe the reasons for those holidays have been, to an extent, lost in the mists of time, but people still take them, don't they? Yeah, and, and people... Don't give them up easily. No, uh, they just they're, they sort of consider them their their privilege and their right to have those days off. But in our business, those days we don't always get them off, but no. we get better paid when we work them. <laughs> okay. Well, let's discuss the week in Iceland, or slightly less than a week in Iceland, up until the end of what is last week. If you're listening to this on Monday, the killing in Hapnafjörður. One 17-year-old girl had been released already earlier in the week. Where are we on this story as we sit here? Of the people who were arrested, uh, the girl has been released. but the, and, and one has been held in custody at, at the Holmsey, the prison. And the other two, those are all boys, uh, are at uh, juvenile centre, also in detention there because of their age. So there are three people still in custody of some sorts. And, but the police have said that the, investiga- the investigation has gone really well, so uh, I think they got, got a relatively clear picture of what happened. And there had been a confession in the case last week as well. Yeah, the, the oldest person who's under 20, he, uh, he has confessed to stabbing the, uh, stabbing the man in his, in his uh, late 20s. At at a, at a car park in uh, outside the supermarket in Hafnafjörður, and uh, and uh, according to information from the police, he was stabbed multiple times. But we haven't got the reason for the altercation, what happened. But uh, there's been all sorts of rumours. The people had met in a bar nearby uh, just earlier, and some sort of disagreement arose. Well, about what it was, we don't know yet, but uh, but this story sort of uh, sent a chill down the spine of, of people because of the young age of the alleged perpetrators. And I think what we can say, given that there has been a confession, given that all of the people who were uh, accused or thought to have been involved are under the age of 20, we are talking about very young people. We're talking about the killing of someone in Hapnafjörður, this didn't used to happen to the same extent or it was felt not to happen to the same extent in Iceland. And there is a sense, rightly or wrongly, that things are changing. Yeah, things are changing. I mean, the, I think it's safe to say because the, the police have been uh, been alarmed and has been, have been warning us or, or telling us again and again for the past few few years that the 
young people carrying knives is is on the increase, and uh, and we we get far more stabbings usually in the center of Reykjavik mm. uh, during weekends, late late uh, early in the morning. We get they're more frequent than they used to be, although they're not. Although they are relatively rare in comparison with many other countries and places and cities, but uh, they are more frequent than they used to be. Yeah. Is that just inevitable as the city grows in size, as the country grows in size in terms of its population, or is there something else going on? I suppose it's part of that, but uh, also it's probably part of uh, just uh, drugs and, mm. and, uh, and that drug culture and, and, and just a more sort of a grim sort of a lifestyle. Maybe, I don't know whether it has something to do with or has been influenced in partly by, I don't know, films or stuff like that, I don't know. But uh, mm. we, we have more stabbing. It's more frequent that you get usually young men yeah. carrying knives. But we should say as well, for the hopefully worldwide audience of the Roof English podcast, by any standard, Iceland remains a very safe country. Iceland's a very safe country, and Reykjavik, even during during nights in in the center of Reykjavik, it's it's a it's a it's a safe place to be, mm-hmm. in comparison. But uh, but you have to be careful, anyway. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Okay, let's talk about the ongoing outbreak of scrapey in the north of Iceland, the measures that have been taken to try to address that. And it's interesting because this was first discovered, I think, last year, the possibility that there is a genotype that is resistant to scrapey within some sheep populations. Researchers this week say that it could take up to a decade to breed sheep populations in Iceland that are resistant to scrapey. But that would mean at some point down the line, essentially discarding any sheep that don't have the protective genotype. And that raises all sorts of questions, doesn't it? Yes, it does, because scrapey has been a, been a problem in, in, in Iceland uh, agriculture uh, or farming for decades. And, uh, and, and as you probably know, when that happens at a farm, you have to slaughter mm. all the sheep not just the ones that are sick. So it's it's a really tough measure and, and everything has to be cleaned and sanitized and uh, you can't start raising a new stock until, until years later. So so it's a really it's a really uh, it's a tragedy really yeah. when it when it happens. And uh, and when they discovered this scrapey resistant gene, people were very well, well, quite thrilled or happy because uh, that could mean the end of the problem, yeah. but uh, as you said, it takes a long, long time to sort of uh, build up a new, new stock or a new, new type of sheep. Yes. But uh, it's devastating not just for the farmers, obviously, but for entire communities, the entire area, because apart from anything else, it's impossible and to move animals from one farm to the other as as, as this outbreak is investigated it is absolutely devastating and you say the time scale as well i mean two decades potentially 20 years of really disruptive damaging restrictions which are necessary but so wide-ranging yeah and uh, also in, in many cases it could mean that the farmers just go bankrupt yeah because many farmers are who are sheep farmers they're they're, they're usually just focus on that. They're not 
they're not dairy far, dairy farmers or do, doing any different sort of farming there. Mm. If if they have sheep, it's usually their main occupation. So when the stock goes, uh, bankruptcy is, mm. is just knocking on the door. Well, this is an episode of the Week in Iceland from the Ruve English podcast. And last week, despite it being nearly May and despite it being six days after the first day of summer, the calendar thought it was summer, but the sky certainly didn't because here in Reykjavik, snow blanketed the entire city only for about 12 hours, but it felt more like January, didn't it? It felt like January, and uh, the funny thing is that the few days before, we had really sort of a nice weather. We had this harsh, bad winter, as you know, mm. and, uh, but then a few days before it snowed now, uh, we had nice weather, and, and everybody was saying, OK, now summer's, summer's coming, and, uh, and then we woke up one morning and everything was white. But it's kind of funny also that what we call the first day of summer, which is the third <laughs> Thursday in April, I think, it isn't really the first day of summer. It's nope. for, from the old time time scale, and uh, could be in positive. You could call it maybe the first day of spring at best, but uh, we call it the first day of summer. But it's usually very cold. But having snow at at this time is is unusual. Mm. Isn't it's not impossible? But I think it was the the, the you have to go back to seventy five years ago to find only four other occasions when there was this much snow this late in the. The season, and unlike very many Icelanders, of course, I had my winter tires, the studded tires, swapped out for summer tires about two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is when you have to do it. Yeah, I was fortunate enough uh, uh, for not. I hadn't changed my tires yet. Okay. Being really slow, slow on that, and it kind of came in handy. Yes. But but the funny thing is that just a few days before, there was. Quite a quite a lot of snow in in the capital of Norway in Oslo, mm. which is very unusual. But uh, but like we said, having snow at this time of year in in Iceland is is unusual. But uh, as you probably found out by now, you can't rely or trust anything in regard to weather in no, Iceland. No, no, you can make your best guess, and you can certainly use the information that we provide at Ruv and 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 Vedur v e d u r punteris dot i s is a great source of of up to date weather information. But it is a changeable uh, picture, and famously, if you don't like the weather in Iceland, you just wait fifteen minutes. Yeah, you could almost get four seasons in a day, and I, I and I don't envy people who study meteorology and work <laughs> in Iceland. It's really tough job. Well, we're hoping to record uh, an episode of the podcast at the Icelandic Met Office at some point in the next few weeks because I want to go behind the scenes there and see how how they cope with all of that data that comes in, because I suspect it is harder to predict the weather here than it is in, say, Los Angeles. I would say so. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, their work isn't always appreciated because when they say, we're going to get sun tomorrow and it rains, uh, everybody just sort of curse the, yeah. the people at the Met Office. But also, it also happens when they say, we're going to have terrible weather on, say, Wednesday or something and the weather turns out fine, then people say, oh, those damn people, they don't yeah, know a yeah, thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, they can't, we, they can't please. We, we, we plan to praise them, certainly, when we record that podcast episode. A great news story from Akureyri, the northern capital, or the capital of northern Iceland, which for such a long time has really wanted to hit this milestone of 20,000 residents. And, well, a couple of weeks ago they actually did, but... 
Rebecca Arun Alexander's dossier was revealed to the world and publicly named just last week. She's the 20,000th resident of Akureyri. Yeah, and it was, it's quite a milestone. And, uh, and Akureyri has... Uh, they've talked about it every now and then, of not uh, becoming a city. Mm. They're, they're, they're considered a town, but they, wa- they want to become a city. And uh, I suppose their claim will be more loud now since they've gotten yeah. up to 20,000. But uh, it was a really sweet story and uh, no. because the, uh, those young parents of the, of the girl... And they announced her name on television. In the company of the mayor. And we had this sort of sweet picture of, of the mayor holding the uh, baby, the mayor, the young woman herself. So uh, yes. it was a sweet well, story. I must say, when I wrote this story a couple of days ago for Ruv English, I used the word city because I think Akureyri justifiably thinks of itself as a city. It is obviously relatively small by international standards, but it really punches above its weight because culturally it's massively important. It is the biggest place for many kilometres around. And so I think, I think it has a claim to being a city. It has a claim because, uh, as you know, we only have one city in, in Iceland, that's Reykjavik, but uh, it has a claim. And, uh, and so the uh, Aquarius has always been called, or for decades, been called the capital of the north. So uh, yeah. I think they've got a pretty fair claim of being defined as a city. Yeah. I I know when they were looking to reach that 20,000 total, my partner and I, who wanted to move to Iceland, and of course now we're here, thought, well, maybe Akureyri is the place to go. Maybe if they were at 19,998, we could take them over the top. (laughs) Yeah, you could. (laughs) And uh, Akureyri is also, uh, it's a really, it's a really beautiful, beautiful beautiful place. And and you very often get pretty good summers there. Mm. And they have a great skiing resort during the winter. So, uh, it has a lot to offer. And even if you aren't into skiing, I have no sense of balance at all. I would fall over as soon as I put the skis on. You can go up there and you get a great view over the place. Great view of the place and, uh, and Akureyri has everything a, a town or a city should have. They have, of course, as most towns and villages in Iceland have great swimming pool, but they have yeah. a cultural house, theatre, great restaurants. Uh, Akureyri has it all. Well, we're going to be recording a few episodes of the podcast in Akureyri at the end of this week, in fact, and you'll be able to hear those on the podcast service over the next few weeks, going to the Hof, as it's called, which is the cultural centre. I'm also, because I like dogs, I'll be going to Go Husky, which is just north of Akureyri, where, as you might have seen in the last couple of weeks, the owners there are knitting from all the dog hair that comes off the huskies. Uh, Akureyri, like I said, being a, being a beautiful town or, or, or city, if you will, it's also... The uh, area, that area in Iceland is really beautiful. So it's not far from Akureyri to a lot of beautiful places. So uh, going to Akureyri, is, it's, it's worth its while. Absolutely. And I, I do love the place and I'll be looking forward to getting back to it. And we've also discussed this week on the podcast, of course, the history of Akureyri Airport and the difficulty that a couple of airlines have had this summer with international flights to and from Akureyri Airport. We hope those are just wrinkles because... If it becomes possible or more possible to fly directly from outside of the country into Akureyri, that whole area is going to take off even more, isn't it? Yeah, it will. And like I said, the airlines flying to and from Akureyri have been running into difficulties. But it's also, like I said, for people visiting Iceland, flying directly to Akureyri opens a lot of possibilities. But it's also that for Icelanders or residents, 
for them to go abroad, it would be much easier because for them now to go abroad, they have to fly or drive to Reykjavik, yeah. Reykjavik to Keflavik, then fly. So it, it might might have to add a day or two to their trip yeah. just because of that. Well, I know that the airlines that we're talking about here, Condor and Nicer, were, I think one of them was already offering services to Copenhagen and various other places, Tenerife as well. But those difficulties that have emerged will hopefully be uh, resolved. Heuke, thank you very much for your time today. My pleasure. Heuke Holm is my colleague here at Uv, and uh, he's gone through the week in Iceland with me. I know that you are a musician as well. I'm an amateur musician. I love music and I play guitar quite badly, but I enjoy it anyway. Okay, well, we're going to finish with a song today. You can maybe, once the microphones are off, tell me what you think of this. It's Echo, a new song from an Icelandic Austrian called Thorstein Enersen. It's the first song from his upcoming album. He wrote the song and the lyrics together with colleagues back in Austria. He says it's a powerful and epic pop song. So let's find out. This is the Roof English Podcast. I'm Darren Adam. Thanks very much for listening today. Get in touch anytime by email. We are English at ruv.is. Welcome to Earth. Welcome to Earth. Gonna be alright with a fucked up mind. It goes and Siggy's got me through the night. I guess my favorite is just make me dead inside. Did I like this? I wish I ever liked this.
you are listening to the Roof English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is English.